Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book, Only the Paranoid Survive, How to Exploit the Crisis Points that Challenge Every Company. When we hear the book's title, we may associate it with some celebrity businessmen who have been labeled as paranoid, such as Elon Musk, the Iron Man of Silicon Valley and Stephen Jobs, the father of the iPhone. The first business leader to be labeled paranoid was Andrew Grove, the book's author. Grove was the most legendary CEO in Intel's history. In 1968, Grove participated in the founding of Intel Corporation and guided the company's successful development between 1980 and 2000. He single-handedly built Intel into one of the world's largest technology companies. Grove was named Time Magazine's Man of the Year in 1997. In 1998, he received Distinguished Executive of the Year from the Academy of Management. In 2001, he won the 2001 Lifetime Achievement Award from the Strategic Management Society and was recognized as one of the most influential business leaders in Silicon Valley. We have reviewed another of his books, High Output Management, which provides many management methods for middle managers that are easy to understand and learn. The term paranoid in this book refers to the ability and determination of a leader to come forward during a life-or-death moment and save the day. In other words, the ability to lead the team out of the valley of death, using solid willpower and absolute conviction. The road of life is long, but only a few steps are critical. This also applies to enterprises. These key steps often determine the fate of an enterprise, when the enterprise is on the right track, it can obtain sustainable growth, however, it may also take a nosedive and subsequently head towards collapse. Examples of the latter include Kodak, whose film was famous for a century, and the cell phone manufacturer Nokia that held the top spot in the cell phone market for more than 10 years. However, they both ultimately lost their market dominance due to their slow and improper response towards revolutionary new technology. So, it's important to be alert to these life-or-death moments and take responsive and effective measures. Andrew Grove calls these critical steps strategic inflection points for the enterprise. They are usually caused by technological revolutions or changes in competitors and user groups. When these events occur, the operations and competitive edge of an enterprise will go through dramatic changes. By applying his experience at Intel and his business-oriented thinking, he reveals to managers the importance of successfully identifying and responding to strategic inflection points and how this will enable companies to avoid danger and become healthier organizations with corporate longevity. Next, we will uncover the key points of the book in three parts. Part 1 – How to identify a strategic inflection point. Part 2 – How to deal with strategic inflection points. Part 3 – How do individuals face strategic inflection points in their lives? Part 1 – How to identify a strategic inflection point. In reality, we can all understand the importance of strategic inflection points for enterprises, but the difficulty lies in judging and identifying such extraordinary moments. After all, issues occur every day in enterprises. For example, customers complain about faulty products, marketers complain that rivals have lowered their prices again, or the R&D department makes little progress in product development. What are the issues or changes that will undermine the foundation of an enterprise and alter the path of development? What are the strategic inflection points that managers need to pay special attention to? Grove provides us with a crucial method, keeping an eye on the 10x change. 
The so-called 10x change refers to a tenfold increase in the force of a specific factor over a short period of time. Such a dramatic change will undoubtedly impact the enterprise, thus leading to the arrival of a strategic inflection point. Most of the factors that trigger strategic inflection points come from outside the enterprise. The revolutionary forces are so strong that they often overturn the original industry trend and change the nature of the entire industry's business operation. By adopting Porter's five forces from Professor Michael Porter of Harvard University, Grove outlines the external factors that may trigger strategic inflection points. They are, the power, vigor and competence of a company's existing competitors, of a company's suppliers, of a company's customers, of a company's potential competitors, and the possibility that your product or service can be built or delivered differently. In addition to these, Grove inserts one more factor, the force of complementers. This is because some businesses need to interact with other businesses, otherwise known as their complementers, to be most effective. For example, when it comes to the computer industry, the hardware sector cannot be separated from the software sector, and vice versa. As such, the two are complementary enterprises. Among these six factors affecting the competitiveness of enterprises, any of the 10x changes may trigger a strategic inflection point. Therefore, enterprises need to have a sharp detection system, acting as a radar, to continuously scan the above key areas where changes may occur. If you discover a suspicious light spot, you must be alert and keep an eye on it at all times. Next, let's use an example from Intel to see how a seemingly minor quality defect cost them $500 million in six weeks. In addition, what kind of strategic inflection point would Intel be at in this incident, and what factors led to this strategic inflection point? Let's go back in time to 1994. At this time, Intel had 26 years of history and was the world's largest semiconductor manufacturer. The company was booming and gaining significant momentum. Intel's latest generation of microprocessors, the Pentium processor, went into mass production that year. The problem lay with the product. Initially, there were some negative comments on an internet forum about problems with the FPU of the Pentium processor. FPU is the acronym for floating-point unit, the part of the chip that handles high-load mathematical operations. A math professor claimed that he was working on complex math problems when the machine made a division error. At first, Intel did not pay particular attention to these comments because it wasn't a major issue. A minor design error caused the calculation mistake on the chip, and the probability of occurrence was tiny. On average, it would take a spreadsheet user 27,000 years to encounter one calculation error. So Intel decided to not delay the launch of the Pentium processor. However, unexpectedly, this minor issue provoked overwhelming responses from the market. The incident was widely publicized in various media reports and sowed great public discontent. After Intel's largest partner, IBM, decided to stop using the chip, complaints and calls for parts replacements came flooding in. In the end, Intel had to replace this processor for all users, and wound up spending $475 million to resolve the crisis. How did a negligible problem bring about this crisis and cause substantial losses to the company? What were the factors that initiated this strategic inflection point? The reason was that the business had experienced changes in the number of targeted consumers. Previously, Intel was selling microprocessors directly to computer manufacturers. By doing this, even if problems arose, manufacturers and engineers in the conference room would discuss them. 
Everyone used objective data analysis to solve the problem, which involved almost no interaction with individual computer end-users. However, a few years before the floating-point unit flaw, Intel launched an ambitious marketing campaign, known as the Intel Inside program. Intel Inside is probably one of the most deeply-rooted mind-occupying ads of all time. Intel invested heavily in telling computer end-users around the world that the microprocessor installed in their computers was an Intel processor. They accomplished this through various promotional methods, such as TV commercials and outdoor billboards. Intel was gradually moving from working behind the scenes of the computer to dealing directly with the consumer. Its number of customers and potential customers experienced a huge spike. As such, when a Pentium chip had a problem, users pointed the finger directly at Intel instead of the computer brand. Moreover, by this time, Intel had become the largest semiconductor producer in the US. The public also expected such a technology giant to assume greater responsibility. In the past, the floating-point unit flaw might not have triggered any losses because the number of users was small and the problem was not too big, if that was the case, a solution could have been reached through effective communication. However, with a shift in the target customer base and an increase in the number of users, customers became pickier about quality issues and they saw the product and the company through a vastly different perspective than before. All of these factors contributed to this crisis. In addition to consumer changes that could initiate strategic inflection points, new technological changes are also the most common triggers. For example, around the 1980s, the rapid development of microprocessors and personal computers brought about a 10x force that profoundly impacted the entire computer industry. Before that, the computer industry was vertically aligned, meaning that each company developed, produced and sold its own chips, hardware, software and operating systems. Afterward, the computer industry became horizontally aligned, meaning that each company focused on producing only one or two types of products and computer systems. Some companies manufactured chips, some made machines, while others specialized in operating systems. The change put former computer giants in a difficult position and provided many opportunities for new companies that had adopted new business models, facilitating a reshuffling of the whole industry. Under such circumstances, enterprises should watch out for the trap of the first version. The trap of the first version is the illusion of harmlessness given by something new. The initial shape of these new developments were not ideal. While it didn't resemble a 10x change that could bring impact and reinvention to the industry, it contained a vast potential to shape the future. When personal computers were first introduced, they were ridiculed as cheap, short-lived and not very accurate machines. The Windows operating system was also considered poor quality at the beginning of its creation, just a disk operating system with a pretty face. When faced with these new and seemingly unimpressive developments, try imagining if they were improved two, three or even ten times. Would they take on whole new shapes? Would they become new threats? If so, it might trigger strategic inflection points in the future. Hence, managers should not limit themselves to the pros and cons of the first version. Instead, they should concentrate more on the potential and significance of these products or technologies in the long run. Major changes don't happen in the blink of an eye. The transformation of the computer industry from the old model to the new did not just occur instantaneously but took years, accumulating bit by bit. Imagine if enterprises were able to foresee the gradual change process earlier. Many companies could have had time to form a more effective response. Unfortunately, corporate executives are always the last to know the truth. 
In contrast, frontline employees are usually the first to notice changes because they are closest to competitors and customers. Furthermore, bad news has an immediate impact on them personally. With poor sales performance, salespersons will see a reduction in their incomes. As a result, frontline employees are far more sensitive to external dangers than corporate executives. Therefore, managers should stay deeply in touch with the junior members of the organization on a daily basis by listening to the ideas and suggestions of frontline employees more frequently. Meanwhile, don't miss any opportunities to acquire external information and take the initiative to learn about competitors and industry developments from journalists and financial figures who know the industry inside and out. All of these measures help managers gain early insight into changing trends and help to effectively identify strategic inflection points. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.